1: Nothing. Welcome to the
0: Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 38, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something in here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, The Immovable Object, the 2017 Biffy Award winner for most annoyed co-host of a wrestling podcast, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis.
2: Oh, so I get my Biffy now yes special a special biffy just for me
0: <laughs> yes i mean i figured <laughs> why, don't, why don't you just go
2: go go where well i
0: mean you know all the complaints on the show and online about me kind of shutting you out of of uh, last week's podcast our special edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing oh, i yeah, figure you, bra-
2: you really tell i was even part of part of the show
0: i figured okay then go for it the floor is yours my friend <laughs>
2: Well, I have plenty to say over the course of this one, just, uh, you know, now that all your friends aren't on it, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is strange how you have uh, rivalries with every one of the other podcasts that I invited on. I don't I on. have
2: rivalries. I don't have rivalries. You and
0: Mike Mills have something. You and Eric Tolley have something. You and Chip and Tony, you like to give them a hard time. Do, no, you, I don't do you like, like to, anybody?
2: I don't like to give them a hard time. I like to give you a hard time
0: for being their biggest fanboy. What's wrong with that? Nothing, I guess. I enjoy them. They enjoy us. It's one big happy podcasting family here.
2: <laughs> I mean, definitely, there's a rivalry with Mike Mills, but you're the one that drove a wedge there.
0: What are you talking about? You're,
2: you're, you are, you are, you know, you are the catalyst for that feud. No, no,
0: you're the one who's all about the north, the north, the north, and burying the south unprovoked. I just, I just
2: had to fight back with you two always attacking me. So,
0: oh my god. So, how were the holidays, Brian? Last time we recorded was before. Everything took place. All the big uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's Day. How were the holidays for you?
2: I was sick twice. Sick. Yeah, the, the four years running, Mike, with the uh, the stomach bug. Two years in a row on uh, on New Year's. How about that?
0: So you couldn't uh, drink up.
2: Well, I did, and then oh, okay. and then I ended up sick afterwards. But it wasn't. You know, I didn't drink enough to get sick physically ill no no i i just ended up with stupid stomach bug and threw up all over the place and all that good stuff so my holiday sucked mike well thanks for asking
0: that's too bad (laughs) i saw all your pictures though (laughs) yeah you know i went to california did a little las vegas i saw that must must be nice (laughs) to have that kind of money Well, I mean, I did have that kind of money until I went on the vacation (laughs) to Vegas. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Then
2: you had to hitchhike the whole way back. (laughs) Yes, but I did make it. Speaking of which, why are you
0: shirtless? (laughs) (laughs) Just I'm more comfortable that way. You know how it is. Yeah, you didn't lose it in Vegas. (laughs) No, no, I didn't lose my shirt. I did not. Uh, Okay, well, yeah. As I said, we haven't recorded in a couple weeks, Brian, and a lot of news has come out since uh, since we last spoke. So I figure let's kind of do a lightning round here. Let's send you through the the wrestling news gauntlet if you will. What do you think? Sure. All right, Kingpin, story number 1, The New Day, after we just talked about on the podcast, they are the longest reigning champions and there's no end in sight. I don't know if we said that, but The New Day lost the WWE Tag Team Titles to Sheamus and Cesaro. And your thoughts?
2: Well, even the new day are uh, are not impervious to the WWE's love of odd couple tag teams. <laughs> Boy, yes. those guys, I don't even know how they don't even like each other. How are <laughs> they? How are they going to function as a team? Cesaro and Sheamus—they hate each other. <laughs> no, I mean, I I guess I didn't. I don't understand the you know in the grand scheme of it, letting them break it and then just immediately taking it off them. Um, I don't quite understand that. I mean. I don't feel like the New Day's lost steam, um, but maybe, you know, after 400 and something days, I mean, maybe it is time for uh, a new championship tag team, um, you know, but uh, kudos to them. I mean, in an era where you don't see title reigns that long, I mean, for them to be able to, um, you know, put on the type of matches they have and keep the people's interest and sell the amount of merchandise that they have, uh, you know, kudos to them and, and uh probably probably as a group punch their way punch their ticket to the WWE Hall of Fame someday I'm assuming.
0: Let's hope, let's hope. And also in that same show, Roadblock Charlotte won back the women's championship from Sasha Banks.
2: Yes, it was a rough night for for the New England uh, area contingent. Uh, yes, yeah, superstars um no, I mean, I think if that rivalry was ending, it's probably the logical way to go with Charlotte still as champion. There's not really a ready-made heel on that side to feud with Sasha Banks. And, you know, Bailey seems raring and ready to go. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the match was good. That rivalry was good. It, right right now, go down as one of the greatest female rivalries of all time, if not one of just the greatest rivalries of all time. And lo and behold, both of them are pretty young. So I'm assuming we're probably not the last time we've seen them hook up so
0: yeah and charlotte is keeping that streak going of uh never been pinned on pay-per-view yeah which
2: at this point i mean does it make sense just to bring that to like a wrestlemania or just keep going beyond you know
0: we'll see we'll see okay next story brian smackdown beats raw in the ratings they said it was the first time but i think smackdown actually won the ratings uh for the draft show over raw but anyway they're saying smackdown beat raw that week what do you think about that
2: well, I mean, I think the uh, the biggest thing is Smack- – everybody talks about SmackDown being a, a better show, and I think the biggest reason uh, for that is certainly not – I don't think it's the talent. I think it's – like meaning like I don't think Raw has like this lack of top talent or SmackDown's talent is exponentially better than Raw's. Or quite I-
0: the contrary. People like to say that SmackDown has like a thinner roster than right.
2: Raw i i think it's the fact that the show flows a hell of a lot better it's a it's a better wrestling program um and i'm not even talking from a sense of just booking or whatever it's just it flows better it's an easier watch it's you know it's a smoother show where raw is that three hours and it feels like a marathon <laughs> it just it's it's and Raw's three plus hours Raw's three hours and 15 or 20 minutes usually um but it's just – and and I think that's what makes SmackDown the better show right now is the fact that they only have the two hours to fill, and it's a little quicker moving and a little bit smoother of a show.
0: All right, so the next story, Brian, you probably have a affinity for this one. Chris Harrow returns to NXT as Cassius Ono. Now, I say that because you wrestled Chris Harrow probably not even – maybe a little more than a month ago?
2: Right, yeah, and then I, I called uh, his match versus Keith Lee at Beyond Wrestling uh, – just the thursday before the new year um so yeah i mean really happy for him and we all saw the rumors um i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that me and chris hero are super close buddies and i have any sort of insight into it um you know we had a good match i enjoyed wrestling him we have a you know very i was very you know very cordial with one another um but yeah i think a great ad for for nxt i'm guessing that's where he's going to occupy for for a bit, uh, I was a little bit surprised at the at the Cassius Ohno name. I thought they would just let him be Chris Hero, and they still might let him be Chris Hero, but you you, you never really know there. But you know, it's great for him. I think it's great for NXT. I think they need to add some some of those top level kind of um, you know indie guys, and I don't think there's a I don't think there's a better one right now than than Chris Hero out there. So uh, I mean, the one thing that's kind of funny is you, you hear the rumors. If you believe they're true, WWE wasn't happy with hero's physical condition when he left there and he's definitely, you know, bigger than he was, you know, when he left there, but to say he's not not in wrestling shape is absolutely insane because I mean, he's just a big guy, but he can do incredible things in the ring. I mean, you know, so I'm glad I'm glad you're starting to see some of those boundaries uh be broken down.
0: Yeah, things know? have definitely changed since the last time he was with NXT. Yeah, and regard. he's going
2: to be he's going to be, you know, gigantic star for nxt no no doubt about it
0: and sticking with nxt kimberly and heidi lovelace who you uh have wrestled with uh, not actually wrestled with but on the same shows for beyond wrestling both of them have also joined nxt
2: yeah i mean i think that the women's kind of roster there was getting a little thin uh so i think they needed to add some uh some veteran kind of indie talent to to help strengthen the nxt women's division uh you know Heidi Lovelace. I've only seen once or twice, um, but I mean, I thought I, you know, I thought she was tremendous. Uh, Kimberly, a little more, uh, you know, a f- little more familiar with. Um, she's just a damn good wrestler. She just saw her wrestle Donovan Dijak for. Oh boy, Fat Pants is going to be very upset, Donovan. Donovan Jack <laughs> for Beyond Wrestling will beyond Will be, on, it'll, be on, it'll be on Beyond Demand. Wow! <laughs> soon. Uh, it, it probably is already up. But yeah, I think I think two great additions. Uh, looks like they. Well, there two other women as well uh, that they added. Um, one yeah, one a, is
0: a Dudley Boys trainee.
2: Right. She used and to be one a TNA. Yes,
0: yeah, so and one yeah. is an MMA fighter.
2: Right. So I mean, look. Obviously, looking to add some depth. I think there's more signings heading down in uh, NXT way soon as well so um it's, it's that time of year they add people and then i'm sure right around the corner we're going to start seeing some some releases
0: yeah that's that's been rumored as well uh all right let's move on to number five the anthem deal is done tna now owned 85 percent with anthem sports and entertainment uh 10 is owned by Aralux and five percent dixie carter and they released the new logo for Impact Wrestling, and what are your thoughts? Did you see this logo? I did, yeah. It's 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 interesting. Well, it is <laughs> kind of based on the Anthem logo itself, which is an A with a – it's a bird of some sort. Some people are saying an owl uh, over it, and it's, I guess, kind of based – someone said it's based on a song from Rush. But anyway, there's a song, Anthem, by Rush, and there was <laughs> – I don't know but the logo Not a big Rush fan. <laughs> well yeah come on a little tom sawyer never hurt anybody um the logo yeah it's a little strange that the that they got anthem sports right there on the apron now and now they have the it's basically anthem sports entertainment right there in the impact logo
2: well maybe they're gonna make a transition i mean i think i think we've talked about it a little bit i talked about it uh on my appearance on the new age insiders you know last week and I I think the name of Impact Wrestling TNA seems kind of poisonous right now. Um, you know, they, I don't know if it would be an easier battle for them just to give it a whole new name or to try to repair what's already been damaged for years now, you know. So maybe maybe this is them trying to rebrand it a little bit, you know, without fully – having to rebrand it. I, I don't know. I think that, I think that situation is still very fluid. Cause that just got finalized. And then like, then it was like the TV taping and then the, it, it was like Wednesday night that broke that the deal was finalized. Thursday night was a TV or a live episode. And then Friday night was a pay-per-view. And today, TV tapings. So
0: I believe, yeah, I believe they're taping like tons of TV. Yeah, I'm sure it's a very days.
2: fluid situation there with nobody quite knowing what's going on anywhere.
0: Yeah, at least I think hopefully the TNA letters go away at the very least. Also, Jeff Jarrett and Dutch Mantel returned in consulting ro- roles to TNA. So I, I think that's something that's a positive
2: yeah I mean wrestling wrestling people to <laughs> you know running wrestling shows I yes. think is I think is a good thing. Um, you know I, I've never been there. I can't speak firsthand, but if you believe all the rumors and or, or even go a step further and believe the things that Bruce Pritchard had to say on his podcast concerning Dixie Carter, I, I think it's a good thing that she doesn't have any power anymore.
0: Okay, this lightning round is not very lightning. So let's go on to the. Sorry, jeez. The, the UK Championship Tournament. The United Kingdom Championship Tournament taking place very shortly uh, over two days on the WWE Network. Uh, they had a press conference where they announced a bunch of guys. They announced Nigel McGuinness coming on board uh, to do commentary with Michael Cole over this weekend. I believe it's the 15th and 16th of or the 14th and 15th. It's it's that weekend of January Well, this is going to take place on the WWE Network. It's a little different from the Cruiserweight Classic in that, as I said, over two days, they're going to bang it all out right then. Your thoughts on the United Kingdom Championship Tournament? Well,
2: it's interesting because it sure seems like it's going to be like, almost like an independent title, even though it's WWE. Like, I don't think all of these fellas are under you know, WWE yeah. contract, and I don't think this is going to be a title you're going to see defended on wwe tv or pay-per-views am i correct in that i don't know a ton about this
0: I yeah thought. i mean i don't i don't know it's, don't been, it's been a kinda, lot of details anyway kind of vague yeah, yeah th- there might be like a uk only show and i don't know if that's on broadcast tv or on the network but i think yeah i think the uk title might stick over there separate from the from the wwe I mean,
2: maybe it's some trying out something who knows maybe maybe the next is gonna I mean, you know the kind of the rumors the entire time we've been at wrestling. That's WWE wants to find a way to control uh, everything in the uh, in the wrestling industry. So maybe this is their way of starting to do that. I don't know.
0: definitely some rumblings about the fact that uh, the UK they just started World of Sport or they did a special World of Sport uh, looking to bring that brand back in the UK and then the timing is curious that WWE is doing this but uh, we might talk about this next week I think it'll be in the can by the time we uh, do our debut on the NAI Network next More week. More
2: content to watch.
0: Woo! <laughs> they have to start that WWE Network too, as Eric Talley talked <laughs> yes. about last week. Okay, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker return to Raw on Monday. Possibly, I mean, will they be in the Rumble? We already know that Brock Lesnar, we all know that Goldberg's going to be in there. Will they be in the Rumble? Is that the announcement that they're going to make?
2: Yes, Michael, I told you. I yes, told you. This is when my prediction comes true. I have said it. Shawn Michaels is going to be in the Royal Rumble match coming out of retirement. It's going to happen.
0: All right. We'll have to keep an eye on that tomorrow night. Actually, tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday on Raw. Uh, Let's move on to Mania 34. WrestleMania 34 confirmed New Orleans, Louisiana, Mike Mills. Our friend from Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast, I'm sure, is ecstatic that the North—he's going to invite us south. down, right? I sure is hope he, so, right? For WrestleMania 34, is he going to invite us down, host us? No, I'm pretty sure that he said he's not going to be going to the show oh boy yes you know, he's w- why why would he not want to be there for shinsuke nakamura main eventing that's what i was gonna say <laughs> we got one year we got a little over a year to get nakamura <laughs> to the main event if you don't know uh, episode two i believe we went to see nxt for the first time and i declared my big uh, prediction was that shinsuke nakamura would be in the main event of wrestlemania 34 based on what i saw in nxt lowell massachusetts way back when so we got a little over a year to get a uh, Nakamura down to New Orleans for WrestleMania 34. The big
2: question is will we be there if, if Nakamura is in the main event, Mike?
0: <laughs> I, I think, I I think, think we've got it. Yeah, I think we I think got it, it right? To yeah, exactly. All right, the last piece. Ronda Rousey loses at UFC two oh seven to Amanda Nunez and people theorizing that she could be going to WWE.
2: I don't think she's going to be, like, a ever a regular member of, like, the woman's roster. I, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine that. But I, I, I think at some point she'll have a couple matches. I really do. Um, like a Brock Lesnar thing or even less? I think even less. I think as, like, in, like, some sort of mixed tag capacity or something along those lines. Like, special appearance type, you know, type of situation. I don't, I don't envision Ronda Rousey just becoming a professional wrestler. That's just me, though. I just don't.
0: I kind of see a one-on-one match with her and Charlotte at some point.
2: Well, it could. It, I mean, it could happen. I just don't see her being somebody that all of a sudden transitions just being a full-time professional oh, no. wrestler. I think yeah. she has lots of other ventures and opportunities. And uh, I mean, I don't, and I don't know much about MMA, but the people I've talked to have said to me, like she, you know, took advantage of a weak division. Now there's some real competition in the division. And I think what sold Ronda Rousey too was her personality, uh, her looks. You know, she, she looks like a star. She sounds like a star. She has uh, uh, charisma coming out of the ears. You know, I mean, I I can't imagine all of her opportunities are going to dry up. I can't imagine Ronda Rousey is going to go, like, start selling insurance or something, you know.
0: <laughs> were you talking to Chad and Paul from Oxid or Nambar? Is that who you were talking to?
2: Perhaps, yeah. maybe.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> the BDA Radio's MMA podcast. Check it out. All right. Uh, that is the gauntlet. We've run the gauntlet. Yes, you put only- me through it. <laughs> we, we, we made it. Through the lightning round, and now uh, you did mention that you were on the New Age Insiders podcast uh, last week, Brian. And you enjoyed yourself, I take it.
2: I did. Yes, I had a great time uh, talking with the fellas. Uh, yeah, we talked a lot of good things. There was a lot of bad jokes, a lot of inappropriate jokes, yes. not made by me. <laughs> <laughs> For once, <laughs> come on now. Uh, I did try to make them feel uncomfortable
0: yeah i did see that yep. <laughs> you right
2: and just me speaking me speaking of trying to make them uncomfortable has made you physically uncomfortable so that's <sighs> so that's good um no it was great we had a, we had a great time um i lots of positive feedback um on the on the interwebs and the twitter and all that good stuff so uh thanks for having me on fellas uh i heard they do want to have one michael crockett on coming up very soon uh-oh uh, you better hurry up because that, that uh, debut date for us on the NAI Network is <laughs> looming, buddy. So, so I'm going to have
0: to get myself camera ready. I'm going to
2: have to hit yeah, the I, gym. You are looking a little rotund right now. Uh,
0: well, it was, uh, it was a good Christmas. <laughs> it's a nice holiday <laughs> season.
2: Uh, I thought California was like light eating. I thought, you know, it was all about like healthy, light eating out there. No, I found all you the hit, good stuff. You hit the Vegas buffets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of chocolate out there. There's a lot of chocolate. Uh, speaking of the New Age Insiders, next Monday, don't be alarmed when you go to this podcast. Podcast feed and don't see us because as we mentioned, our regular Monday podcast is moving to the New Age Insiders Network. That's next week. Well, we're not saying farewell to BDA Radio though. No, or no, this no. feed. No, no, no. I will. I'll get to that. But if you haven't already, please on the podcast app you're using right now, search nai network and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and the great thing is with the nai network not only do you get us to start your week but you get access to other amazing podcasts throughout the week like ddt wrestling the pipe bomb with mccool and company rant with ant late night liam indie pop and twice a month brian your former tag team championship partner scotty slade is on the inside perspective on the ANS. Yeah. Scotty
2: Slade has been like lobbying hard to make us current tag team partners again too, so
0: we'll see what happens <laughs> there. So that's next week January 16th next Monday please plan to join us over at the NAI Network and as you said Brian don't unsubscribe to this feed because our weekly Thursday episodes return right here next week in extended format yes expanded (laughs) extended we're calling it the WPAN BDA bonus episode and as always we'll be taking your poll suggestions for a weekly topic plus we'll answer your questions we'll respond to feedback from that Monday's episode we'll share clips that were cut out of previous shows and a whole lot more. So while the NAI Network gains our Monday shows, BDA Radio gets a new unique show of their own right here every week. So make sure you stay subscribed here and you subscribe to the NAI Network. Of course, the best way to keep up with all these changes is to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the WPAN and Twitter at the WPAN. We'll have links to the episodes there and we thank you in advance for sharing them to make sure everyone knows what's up and it's very much appreciated. All right, Brian. Now, let's start the show. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Coming up on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, we're going to do a little Merv Griffin time, a promo about nothing, and a whole lot more. But let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling's biggest event of the year, Wrestle Kingdom.
2: This is the first time we're, we're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, I believe, Michael.
0: Well, I mean, we talked about it with... Uh handsome uh johnny a little bit
2: right right but i mean as far as like well i guess no, i'm wrong i'm just flat out wrong I was, <laughs> I was gonna try to save that and try to prove that i wasn't wrong but i was flat
0: out wrong Yeah, a couple weeks ago if you missed the episode it released the day after christmas we talked to warbeard hansen about his trip to japan for the world tag league it's a great episode i hope you'll check that out if you miss that over the holidays uh, to, to, to be fair
2: there was much more talk about owl cafes and... Uh, 7-Eleven? Yeah, and food <laughs> than there was about actual New Japan Pro Wrestling.
0: What's wrong with that, though? What is wrong with that? Let's talk about the reach of New Japan these days, Brian. I know last year I think was pretty big online and stuff like that, but maybe I'm just more dialed in now that I'm you know, doing this show and keeping a closer eye on things. But it seems like Wrestle Kingdom 11 was, in terms of the U.S. market, probably... The biggest for New Japan.
2: Yeah, I mean, Wrestle Kingdom ten, I can tell you, the first ten installments of it weren't even on my radar. So right, uh, and again, we are, you know, obviously a little more dialed in these days, um, to varying degrees. Uh, probably me a little more so than you at this point. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I see they gained like ten thousand subscribers, um, five thousand of which came from the U.S. Uh, New you know, New Japan World. Yeah, the substrat- including you, in- inc- including myself, yes. yes. Um, uh, so we could watch Wrestle Kingdom Eleven. But yeah, it's starting to. I, I think. I think New Japan's taking a big step forward in the in the last few years, especially, um, and and the way it sounds, looking to take even bigger steps forward this year.
0: Yes, and they will be coming to L.A., I believe, in August for their first big event. I know they did some uh, co-promoted events with like Jersey All Pro back in the day, but this will be their first event under the New Japan banner in the U.S. that is coming this summer.
2: And if you believe, I mean, well, not if you believe. If you see the comments from the owner of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, I, I mean, we we kind of talked again in the NAI episode. We talked about are they would they enter some sort of working agreement with WWE or, and boy, does it not sound like they want anything to do with WWE at all, other than taking them on. Which I don't know, pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, because I th- I think they're the one company right now that might have the financial clout to at least. Again, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to be a true competitor to WWE just because at any point in time WWE can just probably put their competition out of business by spending money. Um, but uh, of the uh, you know, Ring of Honor and um, you know, Impact Wrestling don't have the financial wherewithal to to really take on WWE. Like not saying they can't be successful wrestling companies, but they they can't take on the WWE. But New Japan, they might have some money to to at least make a dent. So,
0: and New Japan. I mean, you're not going to see any of these other companies that you're talking about here putting forty thousand people in a dome. No,
2: no, not 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 at all. They're they're the, they're the second biggest wrestling company in the world. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. This is exciting. Like seeing those comments and um, seeing the reach that New Japan's starting to have. It's it's exciting. It's exciting from a fan standpoint and exciting from somebody in the wrestling business standpoint.
0: Yeah, and some people might look at like the title of this episode and say, "Oh, Japan wrestling. Maybe I can skip this one." But I think at this point, you know, the way wrestling is going these days, you just have to get over it because this is this is what's going on these days. Well, what's happening? I mean,
2: what's you know, what's really helped too is that the world has become a much smaller place. Uh, right. So in the days of like, I mean, even even when I was you know even a few years ago, you know, you wanted to see Japanese wrestling, you. You know, maybe find a YouTube match, or you'd have to, you know, go to high spots and buy some, you know, some DVDs or something along those lines. Now, New Japan is a streaming service that you can just watch Japanese wrestling all the time. They're coming to the U.S. Like, the world's a smaller place, so you get more access to, uh, just like, and, and vice versa. By the way, the the WWE has, I mean, they've always had a global reach, but in the last few years especially with the network like even more so in these countries and i kind of think that's what like new japan was alluding to like they've come into our realm and and made a dent in us so let's go that way
0: right and also a great thing to help new japan which i'm sure you know when it happened was probably devastating to them it probably still is was shinsuke nakamura going to nxt that kind of kind of opened people's eyes to this is you know what you can get in japan wrestling let's take a look at new japan if this is the kind of stuff right. that they can
2: give us but also the so i mean just talking about shinsuke nakamura but nakamura didn't come alone he came with aj styles he came with gallows he came right. with anderson like wwe took a pretty big shot across the bow of new japan pro wrestling and took four of their biggest stars uh so yeah i don't know it's exciting right i mean am i am i the only one excited here no, me, too. Like, me too. like this is tremendous I, I would love like a true rivalry in, in pro wrestling
0: and we s- w- sat down and watched Wrestle Kingdom 11, uh, almost five hours, including the pre-show. And there's some great stuff on here. Let's talk about the New Japan Rumble really quickly. That was on the pre-show, you know, basically like a Royal Rumble. And it's a- basically a place for them to bring back guys that were on the show or bring back legends like uh, Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata. And friend of the show. Who? flapjack <laughs> flapjack a friend of the show was in it scott norton did show up he made his big return to japan uh if you want to check out a promo about nothing with a uh, flapjack i'm not quite sure it was early on in the uh wrestling podcast about nothing there was a promo about nothing with uh, scott norton his character flapjack but he was in there uh cheeseburger from ring of honor who's kind of has a cult following in japan thanks to jushin Liger.
2: yeah yeah it's great it's great to see that for
0: him that's tremendous and they were uh, over the top eliminations and also you could be pinned in this that rumble. was
2: so bizarre to me you were you were like so offended that i was like why is the ref in there this is so is this a royal rumble like this is so confusing i don't know why that's so confusing i don't know i've never seen a referee in a royal rumble before <laughs> like
0: well th- that's seen like rumbles are Battle royals where there's a, they take duplicates you know as well. You know I call it? Hot garbage. Oh boy! <laughs> All right. So there was a lot of lockups too. You should really see in a battle royal.
2: <laughs> it was very unusual.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so you had some guys like uh, Yoshi Tatsu is in there as well.
2: The uh, uh, Steve Carino and Kevin Kelly just openly mocking guys like Yoshitatsu. <laughs>
0: yeah, it seemed like they were kind of uh, just getting. You know, uh, Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino handled the American announcing the uh, English language announcing for the show and i think they were having a little fun in the pre-show but they got down to business once the main show began uh michael elgin i should mention michael elgin and billy gunn who we spoke about with uh with hansen a couple weeks ago they started out the rumble and elgin ended up uh, being the one of the final two with cheeseburger and cheeseburger was eliminated and spinning power bomb on cheeseburger and elgin wins the new japan rumble
2: yep he sure did (laughs) i have no other insight on that other than like clearly it's just they do that's something i think to get guys on the show and then you know give the fans a treat by bringing some you know some legends back
0: definitely all right the main show started with tiger the dark who i believe is ach versus tiger mask w who is kota ibushi from uh cruiserweight classic fame in the wwe this match basically uh, was promotion for the Tiger Mask W cartoon in Japan. So these are two characters from that show. Uh, so could you could you
2: imagine the level of burial of WWE if they did? Uh, I mean, I don't know what's a popular cartoon these days that kids watch. <laughs> no idea. I don't know. You know more than me. Pokemon is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But the, the example I use when we were talking would be I used uh, for a reference from my childhood of. WWE did He Man versus Skeletor to open up WrestleMania. Could you imagine the, the outrage of of the of Twitter and well, Facebook? I know you love it. I would, yeah, I think it'd be great. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: so this one, Tiger Mask W hit a last ride Tiger Bomb for the win. So Tiger Mask W Kota Ibushi gets the win in the opener. Dives by each guy, just something to get the crowd up to. To begin the night here at Wrestle Kingdom 11, the second match was for the I.W.G.P. Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. The champs, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus Rapungi Vice, Rocky Romero, and former WWE guy Trent Beretta. The Young Bucks came out with three sets of tag team titles: the I.W.G.P. Tag Team Titles, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles, and I actually I think there was four. There was a fourth one as well, but I. I can't P-W-G. remember.
2: Did you already say
0: PWG? Yeah. The I- I- PWG, ROH. Oh, PWG. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That's what I said. P- okay, yes. What are you, deaf? I thought it was you were saying <laughs> IWGP and you screwed it all up. But uh, Super Kick Party tag team titles were also uh, in their possession with uh, nice white straps. So they will always be the Super Kick Party tag team champions, I would assume. <laughs> yeah. and the Maybe un- not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. The Young Bucks were very tan, I noticed. So that's nice. Sure. <laughs> okay. And, uh,
2: Observations by Mike Crockett.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, very early on, they teased a count out. Because uh, Rapangi Vice got the better of them early on, the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks took a powder to the back, and Rapangi Vice followed them. The Bucks super kicked them, like almost at the stage, ran all the way back to the ring, and Beretta and Romero got back into the ring at like 19.9.
2: I was actually getting a little nervous.
0: I was like, I was yes. trying to do the
2: math in my head, like, oh my God, he's at 18. They're still a little bit up the ramp. Like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> so there was a lot of chatter. We'll talk about this a lot tonight, but there was a lot of. Uh, chatter, uh, maybe some... Yeah, they're, they're,
2: their rings are really mic'd up.
0: Yes. they like,
2: really mic'd
0: up. You can hear basically everything that's going on. Uh, so uh, I guess we could say a lot of super kicks in this match. A lot of super kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Love, good super kick. Uh, so Beretta did a flip dive to the floor at one point, and the Bucks scattered. And so it's basically he jumped over the top rope, flip. And landed on his back he, on the floor. He ate shit, as they, as, <laughs> yeah, they like to the say. Is that the, the wrestling term? <laughs> I think that's the official term. <laughs> <laughs> he ate shit, and I
2: don't think he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta learn to love the taste of it, Mike. Yeah. So I've been told.
0: <laughs> so from there, it was Romero versus both the Bucks. Uh, Romero hit a Hurricane Rana on both of them at once, and he ended up taking a double super kick. Uh, so the very end was the young bucks go for more bang for your buck uh beretta returned from his near death and grabbed nick's leg who is on the top rope ready to hit the move matt got crucifixed by romero for the three count one two three new champs rapunky vice are the new iwgp junior tag team champions
2: that yeah, was a great match lots of action uh uh, well exactly what you'd expect uh, out of the young bucks um i i i got to be honest i haven't seen a ton of trent peretta outside of his brief work in in wwe um you know and I'm, I'm not uh, super familiar with romero either
0: um but i thought it was a great match okay from there let's go on to the never open weight six man tag team championship gauntlet match got i got that, that all out, out. Huh? yes i did thank you very much uh you asked me what the never what, what what's never open weight and it is an acronym i am told of the terms new blood evolution valiantly eternal and radical all right just letting you know that i like it. the bullet club uh, let's, f-
2: let's stop for a second here.
0: <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> oh my god. Are you gonna so they- talk about the Tokyo <laughs> pimp? Yes. <laughs> Yujiro Takahashi.
2: The ladies with him, particularly the young lady in the Dominatrix outfit.
0: With the bunny ears? Yes,
2: good gravy. <laughs> worth the worth the nine hundred and ninety nine yen a month alone, <laughs> my friend. Wow. Holy smokes. You saying she's six stars? Uh, yes, I, 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 we know we should check in on our friend Todd Sinclair who was there live in attendance. <laughs> He's fanning himself still. I, I, he might have passed out if she walked by him in the back.
0: <laughs> oh, brother. So he was joined. Uh, the Tokyo Pimp was joined by Hangman Page and Bad Luck Fale to form the Bullet Club team. And the Chaos team, who was the second team in the gauntlet, was Yoshihashi, Will Ospreay, and Jado, or Jado, I should say. Um, so, Osprey hit a flying space tiger drop at one point. That is the handstand into a backflip over the ropes his to the floor. His
2: athleticism is just ridiculous. Yeah, we
0: witnessed that uh, <laughs> with the much-talked-about match with Osprey and Ricochet uh, earlier in 2016. He missed two moonsaults in succession, one off the rope and landed on his feet. Then he did one on the ring itself and landed on his feet again. Then he hit a standing... Uh, SSP, and then hit a second rope twisting moonsault. This was all in the span of about five seconds. So uh, And that led to a kick out. But, uh, and then the hangman page, a lariat kick out. And then there was the pimp juice DDT <laughs> by Takahashi to get the win.
2: And then the, and those young ladies were quite excited.
0: Oh, yes. Over the chaos team. So the Bullet Club team moves on. Okay. And then it was the Bullet Club versus, let me go Let me. <coughs> Let me see here, Brian. The Bullet Club versus Los Ingobernables de Japón. Yes, that is Evil, Bushi, and Sonata.
2: Not your best work, Mike. Not your best work.
0: Los Ingobernables de Japón.
2: Very, very Americanized the way you're saying that, Michael. Oh, my God. So from are you, there. Are you fearful? Are you fearful of a man walks into an armbar using uh, <laughs> using audio again? Have you with some rolling R's? Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Sonata shoved a Bullet Club guy into the ref, and there was a ref bump at this point. A chair shot by Sonata. Do you want to describe this chair shot?
2: It was. Oh, my God. So they open up the chair put the back of the chair over over the head and then evil swung a chair like a baseball bat hitting the chair that's on that was on his head and it sent it flying and it hit like a cameraman or something and just disgusting looking and one, one of the one of the seventeen hundred things that I saw on this pay per view where I'd be like, Oh, there's no
0: way. Oh there's no way <laughs> <laughs> And something you will not see in WWE and uh, not recommended for anyone out there. Uh, yeah, not recommended stuff.
2: for anybody. No.
0: <laughs> so right after that chair shot, uh, Sonata submitted Takahashi with an armbar, and so that was Los Ingredables moved on, and it was Los Ingredables versus the current never open weight champions, that is Kojima. Ricochet and David Finley. That was the final match of the Gauntlet. Uh, Ricochet got a chance to showcase a lot of his stuff. Uh, Kojima did uh many, 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 many chops in the corner. Uh Ricochet and Finlay were going for a finish, but it was thwarted. Evil then distracted the ref, and Bushi hit the mist. Did he hit the mist, or he missed he, he he sprayed the mist. <laughs> and then there was a power bomb and a kick out, but then the STO from Evil. Got the three count from there. Los Ingranables de Japon, the new never openweight six-man tag team champions. They ran the gauntlet. They are the champions. And that is that, Brian. Let's move on to Juice Robinson versus the American Nightmare Cody. Of course, Cody Rhodes. American Nightmare my ass. Why?
2: You don't remember Juice Robinson saying that during the match?
0: Oh, yes. I think I wrote that down <laughs> here. Oh, of course, Juice Robinson is the former CJ Parker. No, I don't mean Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. <laughs> I mean, CJ Parker, the one who uh, destroyed Kevin Owens' face in his debut in NXT, if you remember that. yes. <laughs> uh, so he is in Japan and doing very well for himself. And we talked about this, you and me, Brian, and it's been mentioned that in the span of 365 days, Cody Rhodes worked WrestleMania, Bound for Glory, Final Battle and Wrestle Kingdom, the biggest shows in the biggest four companies in the world, I guess it would say. Pretty
2: incredible. I think he's doing okay for himself out there. Doing pretty
0: pretty <laughs> pretty pretty. It's it's funny cuz you don't you
2: don't see it a ton. I mean, I got like Juice Robinson, I get he was a product of WWE, Trumpered the same thing, but I don't think quite to the level that that Cody Rhodes was. And in the current climate of wrestling, you don't see it a ton. Where a, a guy who was, who reached the level of Cody Rhodes gets released, and then all of a sudden does anything other than uh, conventions and some high paying indies, but doesn't right. go out and actually try to work his ass off and make a name for himself. And freaking hey, that's exactly what Cody Rhodes ha- is doing and has done, and it, it's incredible. I. I, I And I know there's a lot of discourse there between him and WWE, but I have no doubt that Cody Rhodes is ultimately going to end up back in WWE and an even bigger star than he was when he was there. I mean, is there any doubt there? I mean,
0: I think yeah, probably at some point.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be it might be a couple years. but I I think what he's doing for himself right now out in the world uh, can't just say the Indies because he's maybe Ring of Honor, TNA, New Japan. Just in the what he's doing in the world right now is becoming you know one of the hottest stars and in, in, in the wrestling world and uh just incredible absolutely incredible
0: i just hope you get a lot more people that can kind of follow that uh template that he's laid out there and uh you know a lot of people can that can make money outside of wwe um cody early on did a triple jump uh to the outside but was caught and he was overhead belly to belly to kind of into the barricade uh on the floor and then immediately juice robinson did a cannonball uh, to him into the barricade. And Kevin Kelly and Steve Crino called that Juice hurt his knee at that point. So the knee kind of became the focal point of the match. There was an Indian death Lock by Cody. Uh, and then he went for the Power Bomb, and his leg gave out. He tried for an unprettier, and it was reversed into the crossroads. And Cody Rhodes gets the three count on Juice Robinson and wins the match. So Cody... The American Nightmare over Juice Robinson at Wrestle Kingdom eleven. Okay, from there it was the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. Kyle O'Reilly, of course, a who's champion the, going the in. Official, who's the official, Mike? The official was a man who we've had recently on this podcast. Friend of the program. He is a good friend and a listener, and we appreciate it. He is Todd Sinclair. Uh I asked him how he felt how it felt uh, over text to be there he said you know i i don't really have much to say besides it was amazing and okay i'm sure it was 40, did you ask him about people. seeing that lady no person? i did i did ask him he found a nice asian girl and he <laughs> said uh no, no did you
2: ask him about his 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 uh his lovely new haircut he had that looked that looked stupendous no i didn't ask them about that either wow why didn't you, you're not asking the important questions, Mike. You're asking the lollipop softball questions. <laughs> anybody, anybody can ask how it feels to perform in front of 40,000 people. Come on. Uh, We're we try to be
0: different. We do. Yeah. Okay. I, I blew it. I blew it. Gee, you did. All right. So let's get it to O'Reilly versus Cole. Uh, so O'Reilly early on had his arm wrapped around the post and Cole hit it with a chair. It was right there in front of Todd Sinclair and he let it go. I know you, 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 can, give, you can.
2: You can tell you two came from the same.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the same you, giving place. me crap, giving me all the kinds <laughs> of crap for what I allowed. But of course, Steve Carino had Todd Sinclair's back and said, "This is Wrestle Kingdom. This is Tokyo Dome. He's not going to allow a disqualification like that to happen." Are you going think-
2: to make me do this? Are you going to make me insult our good friends? I think the stakes might have been a little higher <laughs> at Wrestle Kingdom for the Ring of Honor World Championship, Michael. Well, I gave that don't, same don't don't use don't use the excuse of your for your shoddy work uh, <laughs> com- comparing um, you know comparing the match that you refereed to one of the biggest matches in the history of, of the second biggest promotion in the United States on the biggest event of the year for the second biggest company in the world.
0: I give that same latitude to uh, some guys like Brian Fury and Alex Arion, and I get uh, I get some heat for it, but. I'm happy with what I Pers- did.
2: Personally, and- I think you gave the latitude because you were too blown up to uh, see what was going oh, on. Jesus
0: Christ! All right, let's move <laughs> on. There's a lot of kicks and strikes, brutal kicks and strikes throughout the match here. Various I did, submissions.
2: I did enjoy the uh, uh, Adam Cole going twice for the Adam Cole baby, and and Kyle O'Reilly jumping on him. I thought it was, <laughs> and, then, and then eventually, you know, then eventually does get it in. So I thought, I did enjoy that.
0: The Brainbuster by O'Reilly at one point, a last shot suplex into the knee. He picks him up for a suplex and almost kind of a Brainbuster into his knee. That's kind of Cole's big move. Uh, so Cole hit a trio of super kicks and actually one more. So four super kicks in total. Then he hit that last shot suplex onto the knee again. For the three count, there's a new champion, a new Ring of Honor World Champion. He's the first three time champion in ROH history, Adam Cole. And the story behind this, Brian. I mean, we've heard that Kyle Riley has not re-signed. He is on a kind of a per-shot deal at this point, and his future is unknown.
2: All of our futures are unknown, Michael. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. What are you talking about? Last week,
0: we know the future, Brian. We know the future. Time travel's possible.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. Still going with that, huh? <laughs> yes.
0: So we'll see what happens with Kyle O'Reilly, but the uh, champion of Ring of Honor now is Adam Cole. Okay, the next match for the IWGP Tag Team Championship. It was a triple threat match, a three-way, if you will. Toru Yano and Tomohiro Ishii of Chaos versus Togi Makabe and Tomooki Honma versus... The Bullet Club, who are the champions, the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tangaroa, and Brian, a lot of fucking in this match.
2: <laughs> Jesus. You're coming right no, with it. Too. No, no, no.
0: Not, not fucking. I mean, lots of, like. Curse words. That's yes, a four-letter word. Yes. Lots of using the fucking word. <laughs> and Steve Carino.
2: Lost his mind during it. Yes, he did. (laughs) Just gratuitous swear. If you're going to watch this with some kids in the room, you might want to put them to bed before uh, before this match because as we talked about, the New Japan rings are quite mic'd up. Um, And there is lots of cursing in this match. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of cursing.
0: Yes, English-speaking wrestlers in Japan kind of have a lot of leeway because obviously... Most people don't know what they're saying. So I think this has kind of been a thing, but I don't think it's been quite to this degree with the with the swearing, but it was, yes, Curse Central. So Yano is a comedy guy. We saw him at uh, ROH and Lowell.
2: Right, he stole the, uh... Yeah, he had quite quite a, quite a few possessions that weren't his own coming out for this match.
0: <laughs> right, yes. See, uh... He, like, did some blind... He, he tagged himself in, then took one hit, then blind tagged out immediately. He, uh... So there's a lot of uh, stuff with the the ref kind of looking dumb <laughs> if I if I may say so. <laughs> you know, some of these tag team matches, you just can't they kind of get away from you and I I understand. How dare you speak
2: ill of another referee <laughs> after the, after what you put out?
0: Yeah, so there's one point where there're a bunch of chops and uh Roa is no selling them and saying Fuck that shit! I hate you, motherfucker! I wrote that down. Wow, you're really, you're really, you're really going for it
2: with these swears this week. I'm trying to tone down my swearing on the show. I'm trying to class up the joint. You're just, you're just letting them fly. You're letting the expletives fly.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, you know Tim Watleys. So we talked about Yano. He blind tags in at the end, and no one is aware. So he hits a double low blow on the um, Gorillas of Destiny, and Ishii hits a double lariat. Yano schoolboy pin, and the new IWGP Tag Team Champions are Yano and Ishii. So, so far in the show, every championship match has been a title change. And that takes us to the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, the ticking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi versus the champion, Kushida. You
2: must love Kushida with his... Uh, he would have loved your concept of... Of the Biffy Awards,
0: everyone loved my concept of the Biffy Awards.
2: <laughs> I just want to say, Kushida, a big fan of the Playboy, Jimmy James.
0: I had that noted here.
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we were in we were in Philadelphia. Uh, Jimmy came with me to Philadelphia for uh, the Ring of Honor tapings, and uh, Kushida, who uh, had met Jimmy previously, was blown away uh, at his age. Uh, saw jimmy and was very excited very very excited to see the playboy so uh you know I'm, i know who i know who the playboy was rooting for in this one
0: so there's a hot start in this one a lot of hot starts on this show brian a lot of people attacking before the bell i know uh coach hollow would have loved it it sure would have <laughs> But Kashida came out on top and hit a tope from the top rope to the floor like just about immediately. There was a sunset flip powerbomb on the floor by the time bomb, and this thing really got going. Um, I want to talk about, very briefly here, the proliferation of belts in wrestling, Brian. Uh, not championship belts, but leather belts that are built into the tights. <laughs> I'm thinking, is that the reason that belts don't mean anything anymore? Everyone has belts. has belts. Everyone just has belts, just on their. <laughs> no one needs to hold up their tights anymore because they're just. No, they have them. Yeah, they're part of the gear. So, uh, <laughs> so okay. anyway, all right. You you forgot to
2: mention Michael that Takahashi is the former Kamatachi.
0: Yes, he was in the U.S. for a little while and worked for Ring of Honor uh, almost exclusively uh, for a bit, and yeah, now he's back to his given name of Takahashi. In Japan. Um, Okay, so at one point Takahashi leaped off the apron. He was caught in an armbar on the floor. Uh, You could definitely feel at this point the fact that there were two Japanese stars in there. There was kind of a, a different air in the Tokyo Dome. Um, nothing against, uh, Juice Robinson and Cody and Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. When there was two Japanese stars in there, there was, there's more of a buzz in the crowd, I think.
2: Yeah. The, the crowd was more invested. I think they were more invested in the stories that they were trying to tell. Um, I, I think it's, it's not too dissimilar from when, um, a Japanese speaking wrestler comes here. Sometimes there's limitations on, um, the investment. I think Nakamura is becoming the exception to that right now. But anytime there's a language barrier, I think it, it becomes tougher to invest, just because words are so powerful in pro wrestling. And if you can't, if there's a language barrier in, in the communication, maybe you're not as invested.
0: Right. Um, so the hoverboard submission from Kushida was uh, teased a number of times. Actually, was applied a number of times. As long, long part of the match where Kushida had the submission on, but Takashi made it to the ropes. Uh, so there's a, that was teased a number of I times. Say, have you match. talked
2: about the, the, like the, the cannonball type jump from the top rope by, by Takahashi to the floor where he just landed on the floor? <laughs> like, no, what's wrong with that? Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I just again, one of the many times during this pay-per-view that I just cringed.
0: Uh, okay. The finish of this match was, he was he locked on the hoverboard, Kashida did, on the top rope. But Takahashi reversed it into a kind of twisting waist lock power bomb. Do you remember this? Off the top it's hard to describe, but the that twisty around the waist Yeah, where he like
2: landed all his weight like on his top of his shoulders yeah. and, and neck. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: So right into a roll up and there was a kick out there. So from there, a DVD, a Death Valley Driver into the buckles by Takahashi, and then he hits the time bomb for the three count, the ticking time bomb, Takahashi, new junior heavyweight champion. All right, let's move on quickly here. The Never Openweight Championship, the singles title, Hiroki Goto versus the champion, (laughs) Kaisiyori Shibata, all right? So Shibata, the champion, versus Goto. There's a lot of devastating suplexes and kicks that were no sold back and forth. At one point, uh, Shibata takes the kick from the mat and he falls back, and then he sits back up, kind of like a modified Undertaker kind of thing. It was pretty, pretty cool, and uh, you know they really got the people. Aah!
2: It was really that 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 spot towards the end where they were just destroying each other's faces with various shots and headbutts, where the crowd. Just really came up, and and I thought it was an awesome moment.
0: Just these these shoot headbutts were very uncomfortable (laughs) to look at. But, uh, yes, the crowd loved it. Uh, The finish was Goto hit the GTR, which is kind of the crossroads across his knee. He did it to the front, and then he did it to the back, and then got the three count. So, Goto is your new never-open-weight champion. All right, Brian. And from there, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship on the line. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the champion Tetsuya Naito. And no disrespect to those two guys, but two epic mullets going on here. (laughs) The mullet is back in full effect in Japan, and it's frosted and multicolored, and it's absolutely amazing and Naito came to the ring in a purple three-piece suit which was pretty awesome all you have to do is like slap a WWF logo on that thing and like (laughs) Vince McMahon could have worn that thing in 1986 (laughs) it's it was just amazing um all right, so Goto went after the knee early, and then Tanahashi did the same. So it was kind of a tale of two knee injuries in this match. One of the big moves was a sling blade on the apron by Tanahashi, and then he did kind of like almost a, a sort of a frog splash, a frog cross body to Goto on the floor, and. Uh, Indian Deathlock by Naito, Tanahashi reversed into Cloverleaf, he teased passing out, but got a rope break, and then there was a similar crossbody in the ring, and then he went for the High Fly Flow, which is basically a frog splash, and missed, Uh, Naito's finish is called the Destino, it's kind of like a... Back flip over the guy into a reverse DDT, and he hit one. He tried again. It was thwarted. They did an exchange of forearms, and then they exchanged kind of stomps to the knee since the knee of both guys was a weak point. Then he did the high fly flow to the back and hit it. Then he went for the high fly flow to the stomach, and Naito got the knees up. There was a super Destino from the middle rope and a kickout, and then he hits the regular Destino again for the win, Naito retains the IWGP Intercontinental Championship.
2: And I know this is probably not going to be the most popular thing in the world to say, but this was actually my favorite match of the night. This
0: one. Oh boy! I,
2: I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the story that these two guys told. I I thought the the finishing last like probably like five to seven minutes was just tremendous stuff. I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, I think there's a reason why these two have been two of the top stars in Japan for quite some time now. Um I, my favorite, honest to God, my favorite, my favorite match of the night uh, was this match,
0: Brian the
2: Contrarian Malone. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be contrarian. Uh-huh. Just, <laughs> I enjoyed this match. I thought it was it was my favorite match of the night. It
0: was a very good match.
2: Like the last, I, like, I mean, is there something wrong with saying that? This was a fantastic match.
0: Well, we'll we'll ask the fans out there. We'll ask the listeners if there's something wrong with that. When we get to our oh, main event, boy. which is for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, the Cleaner Kenny Omega representing the Bullet Club. He had the young bucks with my ringside versus the champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, with Gato assisting him at ringside. All right, we started out with a Terminator movie remake featuring Kenny Omega. Uh, I was, was you surprised he came down with a gun? By the way, <laughs> maybe slightly. Especially
2: like like in
0: Japan, like they're very very
2: strict like gun laws and everything. Maybe just a less touchy society than we are in in the United States. Because I think of a pro wrestler even. Even in the vein of like a movie uh, parody, like they did, I think if a a WWF wrestler or WWE wrestler came down the ramp with a shotgun, like Kenny Omega did, it would be like it would be like the lead story on like CNN about <laughs> the ins- about insensitivity of WWE and gun violence, and and then inevitably the ne- whenever the next you know one of these tragedies occurred to be blamed it would, it would be a th- right it might not cr- I, i'm not crazy here right it would be a thing uh,
0: it'd be a thing i don't know if it'd be lead story and <laughs> cnn thing but i don't even know if if they if the bullet club came to wwe i don't know if they even be called the bullet club i mean the washington bullets are no longer the washington <laughs> bullets uh,
2: yeah i just just again and again japan i don't you know i'm gonna stop there i don't want to get into political commentary but i just i just thought it was funny that you know that he came down with a shotgun in the united states that would just be a no-no and if it happened it would be you know it would be national news
0: so we started this match uh slow i mean we watched this on saturday so we kind of knew that we were getting a uh a decently long match here um they started slow with headlock shoulder tackles each guy teased their finish early on all right the first big spot i think was the uh Omega was draped on the barricade, and Okada hit a DDT from the barricade on the floor. Devastating. Yes, and then Okada pulled out a table. And these tables—talk about these tables for a second. Yeah,
2: these these aren't what you're you're expecting to see, you know, pro wrestling wise with, with the table. These are like thin and lo- like kind of long. Yeah, like. they're
0: they're not wide. They're kind of narrow. And the big difference is. With the tables we see here all the time, where the legs are is just like screwed into the bottom on, on two places, on either side. This one were the there was a full frame like underneath the wood right all the way around so when you go through one of these tables I mean you're hitting metal it do, it's, it doesn't just break out and break wood you know and you just go down to the floor it, there's metal underneath there we'll talk about this do they
2: don't have any american style tables over there <laughs> i guess not they couldn't they
0: couldn't fly those in but uh we'll get to the table spots uh, a little later on so there was they, he pulled out the table of Okada, but he didn't use it at this point. Instead, he hit a crossbody over the barricade onto Omega. Press.
2: I mean, he's a big Okada's a big dude too. So the the athleticism there just out of this world, especially when you factor in the dude's size.
0: Yes, and let's talk about the drop kick to the back of the head of Okada from it was it was to Okada from from Kenny, Kenny Omega. Omega. Yeah, how yeah. how do you feel about that one? <laughs>
2: How I felt about (laughs) 90% of the things in this match. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. (laughs) Ain't no way. (laughs) So how
0: about the point where uh, Omega lays a table, uh, an unopened table, on top of Okada, and then hits a double stomp off the game?
2: The double stomp, first of all, is terrible anyways when somebody does it to you, but... um with the table on top and he like he landed like right on top of his nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there there wasn't the midsection. It was right on top of his nuts. His <laughs> nuts. De- devastating. <laughs> <laughs> there was I think there's only one one other one other you know spot in this match that maybe cringe more than that
0: one and we'll talk about that in just a <laughs> second but the bucks at another point uh, set up another table and they teased a table spot from the apron with the fireman's carry from Okada and then Omega teased the one- winged angel his finish uh, but they ended up back in the ring, and then Okada backdrops Omega huge over the top rope through one of these little tiny narrow tables. Actually through it,
2: because it didn't break in half. Again, like we were talking about when you see somebody go through a table here, typically just implodes right like when they folded this table back up to fix it on, on the flip side the piece had kind of slid back into place and it looked like it never even broke <laughs> i mean it was like a hole in the middle of the table
0: right And as i mentioned there is a a metal frame around the entire perimeter of the table so it can't like just break out like you see the uh the tables here so yeah that probably uh didn't tickle for uh for kenny omega no <laughs> no i don't think it did and from there let's talk about probably the other spot you were talking about the dragon suplex off the top rope oh my from God. omega on okada
2: right on top of his head it looked it looked bad on on like live and then they showed the replay of it and it looked even worse like <laughs> he was right on top of his head like lucky he didn't break his neck just i mean the links that these guys were going for this was incredible the, the way they were putting their bodies on the line um you know on on a huge stage you know i I mean and and if you're going to take these types here's the thing and i I joke about like there ain't no way there ain't no way there ain't no way of course i would i would put my body on the line in the right spots um the main event of wrestle kingdom um is the right spot if you're going to do stuff like this this is this is this this is the platform to do it on this is the time to do it this is the time to bust out everything that that you know and can do and and take those risks because you're not gonna you know there's very few stages that you're gonna perform on that are bigger than that one
0: all right so the tombstone is kind of the big move uh Okada, which is the setup for the rainmaker which is basically a a lariat and the one-winged angel as i had mentioned is omega so they went back and forth a number of times teasing their finishes uh a number of tombstones were actually hit actually but um you know he couldn't put him away okada could not put him away um a one-winged angel was blocked again and okada hit the rainmaker there was no cover a second rainmaker was hit again And Okada goes for the Rainmaker a third time, probably the fifth or seventh or twelfth time at this point. There is a number of reversals and ends with the big Omega dropkick, kind of the answer to the Okada dropkick, which we saw a little earlier on. So at this point, Omega hits a big knee the one-winged angel is attempted again and blocked a tombstone again by okada a rainmaker hit again for the three count okada retains the championship there's women crying everybody is, <laughs> there was it was yes. incredible and uh, everyone's excited okada retains the iwgp heavyweight title over kenny omega and uh something i want to mention is that the fact that kenny omega Never, I believe, hit that one winged angel finish. He did not, which you would think. I mean, modern wrestling that's how you protect your finish exactly. Modern (laughs) wrestling, you would have thought he would have hit it three times and he would, you know, they would have kicked out because that's kind of like the big spot these days is to hit your finish and the kick out is the big pop. Uh, I guess a little credit to Kenny Omega, he never bastardized his finish by having Okada kick out of it and I mean he teased it a number of times and uh, kudos to those guys and yeah, what a
2: match well I mean what a man I mean I, I know like the popular consensus online has literally been people this is the greatest match I've ever witnessed in my entire life and it was a great match it was my second favorite match of the night the only thing the the, the thing that that dropped it below um, Naito and tanahashi for me was just the length I thought the length was I thought it was excessively long Um but, I mean, the finishing sequence is just amazing stuff. The match was great. Uh, all the praise that has been heaped on it is, is deserved. These guys worked their asses off. They put their bodies on the line. They took a lot of calculated risk, um, and they killed it. They absolutely hit it out of the park with this match. Um, I just for, if, just as, And this isn't like me as a professional wrestler breaking it down. This is me as a fan. For me as a fan, it, 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 the match was a little long.
0: And so I did a uh, kind of remark earlier about six stars. I don't know if you know, like Dave Meltzer has yeah, the five star system, <laughs> yes. and he gave this match six stars. Yes, <laughs> so uh, fans are kind of going bananas over that. Yeah, and-
2: it was a great match. I mean, I, it was it was a it was. I mean. This isn't me d- doing the thing where like I'm just trying to be contrarian or this and that. I, I legitimately enjoyed. Sure? Yes, I legitimately okay. enjoyed Tanahashi and Naito better because it, it was shorter, it was a more concise match, and, th- and that one was still twenty something minutes. Um, this one was like forty six. I- again, it just um, it was a little long for me, but that was literally my only would be my only critique of this match. I, I was thoroughly entertained as entertained as a fan as. A lot of the times, I mean, I try to give you my insight as somebody inside the wrestling business, but also when I try to watch this stuff, I, I try to watch it as a fan uh, just to enjoy it, not to watch it with a critical eye and tear it apart. And every match that there's ever been ever, you can watch and tear apart. Bottom line, are you entertained by it? Was it good? Like, you know, that I think that's... Uh, as a fan, all that really should matter. Let the people who are in charge in these companies making decisions pick the matches apart and decide if it was good, you know, what the things they want cleaned up. Uh, from a fan standpoint, friggin outstanding. I would have given these guys a standing ovation live and in person. What's your star rating? I don't do star ratings, Mike. How many
0: snowflakes, as Tarzan Taylor would say? (laughs) How many snowflakes do you give this thing? Uh, All uh, right. (laughs) Jesus. All right. So the postscript on this whole thing is the fact that Kenny Omega went on Twitter a couple days later and said, quote, I will be stepping away from Japan to reassess my future.
2: Yeah, this is just after he just said he's, he wants to be a legend in Japan.
0: Yeah, he and and he's talked about how WWE is just signing guys just to sign them. He said, I'll be stepping away from Japan to reassess my future. The path of my journey may change, but my goals will not. So what do you take from that, Brian?
2: I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this could be a troll job. Right. Um, you know, this could be a troll job. I mean, he probably was set to take a break from Japan anyways right now, right? I mean... I would I don't know. I don't know what their upcoming schedule looks like, but I don't I don't think he lives there, you know, year round. I don't I don't think. Um so um it could be a troll job, it could be he could be going to WWE, he could I mean I'm I'm guessing if he's if he's um if he's not if he's not staying in New Japan, he's going to WWE. I can't imagine it would, you know, come stateside to to not work WWE. Um the other thing to keep in mind too for just Maybe he doesn't want to spend that much time in Japan anymore, you know. Um, you know, he he's actually not American, he's Canadian. Maybe he wants to spend more time closer to home. I I, I don't know, but um I mean, if that was his final new Japan performance, that's a freaking way to go out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And- this
2: enti- this entire event was, I mean, was outstanding. I mean, Outstanding, great it was, stuff.
0: It was something else, and something worth going Long. out of your way. <laughs> yeah, it's worth going out of your way to check out. Uh, as Brian said, 999 yen, which is like eight dollars, like eight dollars like and
2: $8. $8. 74 cents, or something like that, a month
0: to subscribe for a monthly fee for njpwworld.com. That's how we did it that's how you should do it too. No stealing it, no looking for your Yeah, don't nefarious be a, don't be ways. a freaking
2: cheapskate. Just pay. It's $8.74. $8. Especially if you're somebody in in pro wrestling, you know, you know, would you like if somebody were pirating <laughs> your stuff and not supporting you? Right. Like support it's not I mean it's not a lot of money. It's $8. I mean, I, I you know, that's not a fair statement to make. $8.74 could be a lot for some people, but it's $8.74 a month. And 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 this one, you know, pay-per-view alone was was worth probably at least half the year subscription to it i mean again the whole pay per view was long but it was good it was a, it was damn good you know just as a wrestling fan just good to sit back and 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 just watch and enjoy and uh, i don't know great stuff i don't have a lot of critiques other than like i, said, I thought the main event was a little long i thought the just show itself in its entirety was kind of long five and a half hours is is a long day at the office <laughs> but uh Uh, Great stuff. Good stuff. I'm I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad we decided to do this uh, as opposed to just talking about WWE or or something. And I'm I'm glad we watched this. I'm glad we got to talk about this. And I hope the fans have enjoyed us talking about it and breaking it down because um, it's something New Japan, something I'd like to talk about more going forward.
0: Yeah, let us know, folks. Let us know what you think at the WPAN on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Uh, what do you think about New Japan? What do you think about Wrestle Kingdom 11? What do you think about uh, New Japan making a home here in the United States coming to L.A. this summer? Let us know your thoughts. Twitter at the WPAN, Facebook.com slash the WPAN. All right, Brian, let's do some mur griffin time named for your let's favorite keep episode. it concise <laughs> your favorite episode of our favorite show seinfeld this is our chance to sit down with the listeners and talk we talk to you and most importantly you talk to us we want to hear from you get those voicemails in folks we will play them on the podcast we have a voicemail here from randall let's take a quick listen to what he has to say
1: hey it's randall keo again hey crockett I love when you came out on a Friday and you're getting booed. It's almost like you never left. By uh, the way, man, great match. I was giving you shit on Twitter, but awesome match. You did a great job, and I really miss seeing you, in the, seeing you refereeing in the match. But have a good one. Uh, bye.
2: Okay, so uh, – uh, He knows how to get on the WPAN, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Buttering up to you.
0: Yes, that uh, actually was from a couple weeks ago, uh, right after we recorded our last episodes. But uh, thank you very much, uh, Randall Keo, for – that sentiment and we want to hear from you guys call 401-584-9726 that's 401-584-WPAN or you can go to facebook.com slash the WPAN on your phone and click that blue call now button it will take you right to the voicemail you can leave your voicemail of course we will play it on the show the other way to participate here on MGT is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. All right. The Mullet of Morton, at Mullet of Morton. He says, checked out at the WPAN and Warbird Hansen episode. Thanks to the recommendation heard on at btt underscore podcast great show i'm a big war machine fan thank you to mullet of morton for checking out the show and we talked a little bit with him on twitter and thank you to Had some
2: interesting conversation there
0: <laughs> yes and thank you to uh, mike mills from booking the territory pro wrestling podcast for uh putting us over on his show all the time and happy to do the same for him he is on um, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Booking the Territory. Mike Mills getting podcast. around,
2: too. I see that he has a gig with... Uh-
0: the 605 Super Podcast. He's on pro wrestling torch now yes yes, yes he is, i just saw that today he's all over the place
2: good job good a- job
0: and also thanks to motive morton for becoming our 1000th follower on twitter we hit a uh, 1k over the holiday break so thanks to him and all right let's see here steven at hhh guy 2004 you know we can't go an episode without hearing from steven he says brian what was your favorite match that you would show a non-wrestling fan to try to sway them into being a fan
2: yeah and the one i gave Gave him as an example was was Hogan Rock uh, from WrestleMania was it I believe seventeen right yes maybe I I, I don't know numbers from WrestleMania <laughs> <laughs> the one in Toronto uh, yes right? but the, everybody knows the match I'm talking about right. the Rock versus Hulk Hogan great stuff I think the emotion of uh, of that uh, that match... translates
0: to any non fan or a fan yeah
2: yeah I think yeah I think that would be an exciting match to show a non a non wrestling fan.
0: Okay, TK at T Hog ninety four says, "As long as you have a copy of Gray Sports Almanac, the Biffies should return, and Brian Malone will have to deal with it."
2: All your minions, just- great show.
0: <laughs> 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 and TK also said, after the Warbird Hansen episode, he thinks that me chip and warbeard should do an exclusive cats podcast
2: oh there you go don't you leave me out of that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know about that i said i think i said that would be if we officially run out of ideas we we'll do the cat podcast with the uh, hansen and chip and of course special guest vodka <laughs> yes of course A uh, chip from the check in the boots podcast find them wherever you get your podcasts. At ChipKCTB, at Referee Tony S. Great friends of the wrestling podcast about nothing. And Michelle Shelton, at Michelle Lee 905 on Twitter. She says she really enjoyed hearing the perspective of Ad Brian Malonis on this week's hashtag NAIPod. The WPAN will be an awesome addition to the NAI Network. So she liked your uh, interjections. All right. On the New Age Insiders. And uh, Ed Hunt at Eddie the Blade, Uncle Eddie from Atlantic Pro Wrestling. He says, My therapist listened this week, and she says that either Croc Sox was desperately in need of a vacation or the wheels were completely off, talking about the Biffy's show. <laughs> so I don't know about that. That's not very nice at all. What else we got here? Not
2: nice, but accurate.
0: Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Also, we did a poll on Twitter. What do you want to see more of in 2017 on the WPAN? Uh, I said, more analysis, more interviews, more games, or more stories. And it was neck and neck between more interviews and more stories. But more stories won with 44% to more interviews had 41%. So in 2017, they want to hear more stories from the road, more stories from our times in wrestling. So what do you think about that?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to share.
0: Oh, really? No,
2: of course I'll share. I love sharing on this. Uh, the reason I don't share more is because Mike gets uncomfortable every time I share something that's not uh, – <laughs> he'll say MFR all, all day long, but I, I, I say something mildly uh, controversial, and Michael breaks into cold sweats.
0: All right, let's move on. Okay, so <laughs> thanks to everyone who's a part of Merrick Griffin time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter and getting those voicemails, and we'll bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. But now it's time for the promo about nothing, Brian. But before we get to all that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean? BDARadio.com. What does the BDA stand for? Brawling with Del Rio in Austria? Yes, it happened again, folks. Alberto Rodriguez, also known as Alberto Del Rio and Alberto El Patron, was arrested after a brawl broke out at a party he and his brother were attending in Austria. Then the two brothers were arrested, then they got to the police station, and Alberto and his brother started fighting each other at the police station.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: In other news, he officially put a ring on Paige this past week.
2: So he liked it, so he put a ring on him.
0: Yes. <laughs> and in other, other news, BDA Radio really means the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They know break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Uh, Brian, should I should I do this again? I mean, we've we've done <laughs> Alberto Del Rio a number of times, I think more than once on uh, the BDA Radio Live spot here, and I guess why not give them more fodder over at uh, <laughs> A know. Man Walks Through the Rindar Bar. Damas y Caballeros! Via a BDA radio punto com <laughs> Vastly underrated. One of my favorite uh, entrance <laughs> themes was Alberto de Rio's. Do you like the original version
2: music. or the new souped-up version? That oh, the used original. Later on.
0: Okay, the original, not the, not like the disco version. <laughs> yeah, no.
2: Uh,
0: okay, let's get to that promo about nothing, Brian. It was 1985. The World Wrestling Federation. It's another one of those localized promos with your pal mind, me and mine, Mean Gene learned our longtime close personal friend. And he was with a pre-barber, Brutus Beefcake. Let's take a listen to this week's promo about nothing.
1: The cat is out of the bag now, hails from San Francisco, California. It looks like something actually out of the uh, uh, top shelf of uh, Chip and Dale's. I could only be talking about Brutus Beefcake. Uh, one of the greats in the World Wrestling Federation. And there's been a lot of things happening. Of course, you put Big Hillbilly Jim on the shelf in San Diego, California. But now, all of a sudden, out of left field comes Hillbilly Jim's Uncle Elmer. I'm very curious how you perceive this gentleman. Well, I wonder if you really know what's going on here. I think it's Hulk Hogan in the background somewhere, just knowing that I am the number one contender. So he gets this big, fat gigantic Billy. like a house from the guy's bigger than a truck he could accidentally fall on me maybe hurt me or something and you know Hogan I bet you're behind this and I know you are hillbilly Jim for sure so I'm just glad to see you back so I can break your other leg. <laughs> you, you, you know, uh, down where the likes of Uncle Almer hails from, he's kin, of course, to Hillbilly Jim. They're all you know, kin down there. They, Everybody knows that. <laughs> they, they they only have they only have two kind, and that's big old goodens and good old biggins. And it seems that uh, Uncle Almer's a little bit of both. Huh. Man, it's entering into the ranks of the professionals. He's gonna pay. I thank you very much. Those are the comments of Brutus Beefcake. We're right back. You must have loved that
2: promo.
0: Why? So many heel laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> big old goodins, a and good old Biggins. Like Brutus Beefcake had no answer for this whatsoever. Just completely <laughs> threw him off track. How about him trying
2: to shoot his own angle with Hulk Hogan? <laughs>
0: yes,
2: exactly. Always, he's always trying to get
0: an uh, angle in his way into a match with Hogan. And actually, he did have some matches with Hogan at this time, but uh, his big angle was with Hillbilly Jim. D- Gene is great, but is, is he too much? Was he cutting off this guy's momentum and just completely – he basically derailed this interview with the good old Biggins and big old Gooden's thing.
2: I think he was, it was going downhill anyway, so I, I definitely think he interjects himself when he feels necessary. Yeah. I don't think he – he doesn't do this type of stuff with like a Savage or a Hogan or a right, Piper. Or, uh, I mean, it was uh, – Beefcake already looked uncomfortable yes. at this point. Yeah, man, I don't know, but I, that's the first thing I picked up on, was that, oh, he's trying to shoot his own angle with Hulk Hogan, <laughs> trying to get himself to the top of the card to make that Hogan money.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Uncle Elmer, uh, they talk about uh, Gene Oakland says he's bigger than a house, and then Beefcake says he's bigger than a truck, which isn't exactly topping. <laughs> like, a house is kind of big, and then the truck's not as big, but... I don't know. Anyway, I
2: did have this Brutus Beefcake uh, LJN action figure though, with that with that outfit he had on the, you know, the wrist sleeves or whatever. And
0: yeah, I think I did too. Yeah. yeah, that
2: was a good one. That was a good. That was a good one.
0: So he claims to have broken Hillbilly Jim's leg. I did a little research on this. Yes, research in the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Uh, Hillbilly appeared in Hogan's Corner for a match between Hogan and Beefcake. It didn't happen. Not on TV. But it did happen, and Hibbley Jim was chasing Johnny V around ringside, who was Beefcake's manager, and Jim slipped in a puddle on the floor and legitimately broke his leg. So Hibbley Jim had a broken leg from slipping on some water at ringside, and they kind of pinned this on Beefcake that Beefcake put him out by breaking his leg. So you're saying Beefcake's full of crap? Well, you know. Yeah, that that Big Hogan program never quite worked out for uh, Brutus the Barber. Soon after this, he became Brutus the Barber Beefcake and was a babyface from then on out in the WWF. Okay, you heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. Brian! Kingpin! You there? I'm here. You're hitting the highways and byways. <laughs> You're crisscrossing this great nation of ours. You're plying your trade all over the Dickens as a professional wrestler. And you got dates. I got dates, Mike. I took a, a, a
2: I can't say an extended hiatus from the ring, but I did have a couple of weeks off around the holidays. So it was nice. Uh, but I've already been back one time, and now uh, now I will be back again for Top Rope Promotions. All right. This Friday night, Brockton, Ooh. Massachusetts, in a battle of the big men against the oh. wild man Congo. Dr. Reginald Hersey is so happy somewhere. <laughs> again, this is in Brockton, uh, 7.30 bell time at the Brockton VFW Post, 10.46. Wow. Uh, find uh, Top Rope Promotions on Facebook and Twitter, brownpapertickets.com please come out and support this great show uh not just because i'm on it but because you know it's a great local wrestling promotion that's been around for forever yes um <laughs> uh,
0: many many years
2: and then later on this month buddy uh, i got a i got a big 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 weekend at the end of the month friday night january the 27th limitless wrestling in Westbrook, maine Cody Rhodes is on this this big event. He'll be taking on uh, JT Dunn. Uh, our good friend Warbeard Hansen is is on this event. Uh, another friend of the program, Max Smash Master, is on this event, and of course, yours truly is also on this event. So. Make the trip on up to Westbrook, Maine. Uh, come check out some great Limitless Wrestling action. Uh, one of the fastest growing uh, you know, promotions in the New England area. Uh, and a great supporter of the wrestling podcast about nothing. So yes. thank you to them for, for always supporting us. Uh, then I'm going to follow that up with back-to-back nights with Beyond Wrestling. Saturday night we are going to be at the Arts at the Armory in your old stomping ground, Somerville, Massachusetts. Yes. Let's see. Michael Elgin, uh, who was on the uh, New Japan pay-per-view. The winner of the Rumble. That's right. He will be there, as will Brian Cage, uh, and also the pretty boy killers of Keith Lee and Shane Taylor. Of course, yours truly, the kingpin Brian Malonis, will also be there. Uh, Check out Beyond Wrestling. They are fantastic on social media have a great social media presence amazing amount of youtube followers or subscribers uh so you know support beyond wrestling go check that out they're they're on demand service beyond demand and then most importantly come out on uh saturday night uh, january the 28th and then also on sunday january the 29th Uh, and that's going to be in worcester at the electric haze uh so yeah it's going to be a good one man it's gonna be a good one. I, I believe that's that is the night of the, the day of the Royal Rumble. But if you have any concerns about that, don't worry. It's a two p.m. bell time, so you can come watch this great uh, you know afternoon of pro wrestling action, and it's not gonna interrupt your great night of pro wrestling action at all. Not one bit. How about that, Mike?
0: That sounds fantastic. Great so that's idea. A, that's
2: a big rest, uh, a big uh, a big weekend of wrestling for the Kingpin and Beyond and Limitless. Uh, again, Beyond Wrestling doing amazing things. Uh, we talked about uh, earlier in the show, Chris Hero and Kimberly, both on their way to NXT. And wouldn't you know, they just finished up on the Independence with. Beyond, Beyond wrestling, wrestling. so uh, you never know who's going to pop up there or who's coming through there or who's next to go from there. But uh, if you're not wa- if you're a New England uh, you know independent wrestling fan and you're not watching Beyond Wrestling in some way, shape, or form, you're really missing out.
0: There you go. And to book the Kingpin, Brian Malonis at Comcast.net. That's the email.
2: Dramatic pause.
0: Yes. <laughs> or DM. At Slide Brian into
2: those DMs. Yes. <laughs> All
0: right, and folks, this is your final reminder. Next Monday, this podcast will be on the New Age Insiders Network. Subscribe to the NAI Network on your favorite podcatcher. Then join us back here next Thursday for the first ever WPAN BDA bonus episode. Till then, till next Monday on the NAI Network, we'll see you there. He is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I am Mike Crockett, and thanks for nothing.